Hello and welcome to the Lost Kings Fan Podcast. Uh, I am your host, AJ, with my co-hosts, Nathan and Austin. We are a new podcast where we will be talking about several things. Uh, this podcast, and at least for a little bit, we'll be talking about One Piece, the anime, the manga, the merchandise, the conglomerate that it is. Why don't you guys say hello? Nose goes, hello, I'm Austin. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Audio poison. Uh, oh. Hello, I'm Nathan, and I am the audio poison. <laughs> and I'm Austin, and I'm here to fix the audio poison. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. For starters, I think we are just going to give a little intro about ourselves. We are a group of streamers who we normally stream on Twitch, and then we post videos on YouTube. Um, but we're trying to open up our brand, uh, and we tend to be talking about One Piece a lot, because uh, my boy Nathan has been watching it. Um, and so we're dragging Austin into the fire with us. I personally have been a fan of One Piece uh, since it came out to the U.S. way back in the day. Nathan, was this your first time like experiencing it, or had you had any other experience with One Piece? This is definitely my second like full straight run through. I watched Bleach until it got to a certain point, and then I was just like, other as a dumb middle schooler, I was like, other animes like Bleach in Google, and it was like, hey, have you tried One Piece? Uh, and I dove into that one head deep, and just really just man loved the ass beating. Yeah, well. Uh... For a specific brand of anime for some people. <laughs> That's what we're here for anime for, pretty much, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, how about you, Austin? What What was your first interaction with One Piece? So, for me, I uh, I got into to very light anime in my early college years, uh, primarily through your sort of tutelage. Uh, and uh you know one piece was one of those that you know you, you knew about even if you just tangentially knew about anime like dragon ball z or naruto or whatever from high school so i had tried starting it and i got done with alabasta and i was like well fuck this noise i'm done <laughs> and not entirely until very recently where I, I'm going back in uh, and just skipped past that to Skypea. Mm. And I'm not too far past that now. Or I'm still in Skypea currently, but... But uh, did Skypea do you better than Alabasta? Yes, for sure. It, it feels so much better because <laughs> they're doing pirate stuff. We'll get there when we get to talking about Alabasta. But why would I want to watch a pirate show where they're in a desert? That's, yeah, that's fair. So anyway, that's my quick rant. We'll, I'll go in deeper on that whenever we make it to Alabasta. But <laughs> oh, baby boy, I hate that arc so bad. <laughs> Good. Uh, for me, the One Piece was kind of a periphery. And then I uh, was staying at a friend's house because my folks were out of town. And I saw an episode of One Piece because it was on the, like, Saturday morning cartoon block. And it was uh, the episode with uh, Don Krieg getting beaten. Um, and, like, that, the, the, almost the finale of that particular arc, like, where they recruit Sanji. And then um, I think it was Toonami that brought the One Piece anime to my like general attention um and then they hit alabaster and i also said fuck this but about 
five years ago, like I would try to start One Piece and I'd get stuck at Alabasta and I'd get stuck at Alabasta. And then about probably six or seven years ago, I finally just said, I'm skipping Alabasta. I'm just going to skip it. Um, so I watched the ending couple of fights, like uh, Zoro versus Mr. One and Sanji versus Mr. Two um, and Luffy versus Crocodile the final time. And like those were really cool. Like those were great fights. And then like going past it, everything was uphill for me. Like it was just everything was great going forward. And so I almost always tell people just bite the bullet with Alabasta or just skip to the very end where the good stuff is. <laughs> is it universally, again, we'll get there when we talk about it, but is it universally disliked or is that sort of, is it sort of a, a taste different? Generally speaking, in my experience, most people don't like it, but they like the characters that come from mm. it. No, that's. I want to say it's a taste difference. I will fight this to the bitter end. I love Alabasta. It's the best way to introduce the Grand Line. It's the best way to create that story arc. You have so many people introduced. It's so good. I'm sorry. I have to. I had. I just had to say that. And again, let me talk about that when we get to it. You have to stand for your boy. Have to stand for my boy Crocodile and all of the things he does in Alabasta and the Alabasta Kingdom for <laughs> One Piece. Oh man. Which, I mean, and it is absolutely a fair point. Crocodile's a great character. It's oh, just it's so unfortunate because they spend so much time in the desert. But once they actually get to the desert city, like the main city, um, and the fights and, like, all the, you know, mayhem that is involved with pirate shit, like, that's great. Like, it's really cool. Nami gets her first quality fight where she isn't saved by somebody. Okay, hang on. I, I do love this. I do think we should backpedal a bit because... Otherwise, we're going to lose it because I know who these characters are, but somebody might not know who the fuck Nami is. Right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's give a quick overview, uh, or I guess maybe just get into where we want to be for today, which I'm assuming is introducing everybody. Yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about, that's a great point, um, for characters. I... Sorry, yes. I was just going to say, I am sorry to cut you oh, off because it is such no. a fun thing to talk about, but... Yeah, but I mean, then that's why we're talking, like, that's why we're doing this podcast, is to talk about this that we enjoy so much. Vindicate um, Alabasta, yes, you are so right, <laughs> that is what I'm here for. Um, later on, you may be able to convince us to vindicate Alabasta. Um, but starting out, the first character, like, that we are introduced in a major way is Kobe, a scrawny nothing boy who is serving on a pirate ship and like he was taken prisoner and then he rolls a barrel out to the his crewmates and the barrel explodes and you meet monkey d fucking luffy and i love this introduction because luffy like there's no build up there's no nothing luffy literally just pops out of a barrel because he was sleeping that in it feels right and it's it's so securely establishes what Luffy's about, just drifting on his own, like just being a a layabout pirate. But it's such a great way to intro because, like, you know, maybe the intro. If you're like me, like you had the the dope ass, you know, One Piece rap rock uh, intro, um, or if you were, you know, a purist uh, or watching it more recently, you have We Are. But like. 
in the first episode, like, Luffy just literally splashes out of a barrel and then just takes command of every scene that he's in. So, now, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I watched that first episode, but is Luffy, he doesn't end up, like, getting into any big fights there necessarily, does he? Or does he start out fighting that ship that he's on? He uh, shows off his devil fruit powers. Um, okay. And when we're done doing character introductions, we'll talk about like some world building stuff. Um, and the devil fruits are something I want to talk about a lot. But with Luffy, like they show off his power, beats up a couple of regular dudes, and then he beats the captain of the crew that Kobe was enslaved by. And it's... So good, because it's literally Luffy just one-punch mans her into the fucking atmosphere. Now, that's a really good anime <laughs> that we should also talk about at some point. Yes. Now, it's more culturally known right. and accepted, so I don't know about that, but... Um, Kobe, I... Or, Kobe, what were you saying? I don't think I know that character. Kobe is the little boy, like, with the pink hair and the glasses... Um, that is introduced. I'm gonna send you a, a picture of what he looks like. Um, pre. Uh, Make sure you send the right picture of Kobe because it's very important. Yeah, um, there's a, uh, a a a time skip with One Piece, so Kobe does look a little bit different. So it's the the pre time skip. Okay. He, if you scroll down, he's just a little dork with glasses. Mm, okay. Um, and he's just worthless. Mm -hmm. And his dream is to become a Marine. Like, he wants to be a Marine and catch bad guys. Um, and it's so counter to Luffy, because Luffy wants to be the king of the pirates. He wants to be the best pirate that there is. Now, this might this might be a little bit of an offshoot as well here. Do we want to talk about the setup for the show a little bit? Or do we want to go ahead and save that for some world building? Um, we can, uh, I want to talk about that once we finish, um, let's introduce the first five characters yeah. and then we'll, we'll talk about the, um, yeah, cause that is super duper important yeah. too. The next character would be Zoro and Zoro is the most anime character in this anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has three swords and his whole backstory is every One Piece main character has a tragic backstory. Every single one. Um, and his tragic backstory is he went to a dojo to be a sword fighter, got his ass beat by a girl, and then wanted just to be the best, and she kept beating his ass every time. Like, for a year Zoro would lose. They fought, according at least as far as the dub is concerned, they fought 2,001 times. And wow. she beat him every time. And, but then she, and she wants to be the greatest swords person in the world, and Zoro wants to be the greatest swords person in the world too, and so like they share like this goal, and she dies in an accident. And so Zoro decides that he is going to use three swords taking her sword and his two so that he can live their dream. Um, 
And Luffy uh, finds out about Zoro, like, finds out he's a cool pirate hunter. And Luffy's like, hey, if he's a cool guy, he can come with me. And Kobe's like, no, 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 he's a monster. He's evil. And Luffy finds Zoro tied up in a marine yard. And, like, it's just such a badass intro because it's like, oh, this guy's, like, so cool. He's so wicked. Like, that's awesome. But it turns out that the Navy there, they're just assholes to him. Like, he just, he defended a townsperson, and so he got tied up for a month. Wow. Now, do you know, uh, real quickly, do you mm-hmm. know, is his name the same in Japanese as it is in English? Or um, is that, is, is Zoro sort of a, a, a play for for the, the dub? Um, it's, so, it's Roranora Zoro. In some translations, it's Roranora Zolo. Okay. Um, because the R and the L in Japanese is sometimes flipped. Okay. Um, because it's weird. But in Japanese, it is Roranora Zoro. Okay. So that Zoro is almost assuredly a play then in in both languages. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, an homage to the the swordsman. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of like homages to popular culture and that kind of stuff over the years. Um, but um, eventually, like Luffy saves Zoro and recruits him, and the two of them set off on their adventure, leaving Kobe to become a Marine. The next character is Nami. And boy, Nami. <laughs> <laughs> um like, Nami is a character uh, that, as a wee lad, I was just like, she's my ideal hot girl. And so I've been simping for Nami for 20 years. <laughs> um, but, like, she's a thief who, she's been popping in and out ever, like, throughout episodes and whatnot. Um, but she steals a map uh, from a pirate called Buggy the Clown. And she steals the map and then leave like, the pirates run after her and she puts Luffy in the way and is like, Hey, this is my boss. Go fight. <laughs> and <laughs> eventually lots of fighting happens. And Luffy's like, Hey, you're a navigator. You know, what, you know, what's going on on the sea. Cause Luffy and Zoro both don't have a sense of direction, which is always played up for gags. But Nami's like, no, I hate pirates. But eventually, like, Luffy, like, shows that he doesn't only care about gold and treasure, like, he actually cares about something more important than that. Like, his he his goal to become the Pirate King is not just a selfish, well, okay, it's kind of selfish, but, like, it's not just a, he's not doing it for the glory. He's doing it because he made a promise to a friend. And that is what wins her over to be part of the crew. Hmm. So yeah, so what I real quickly I don't remember because Luffy very much is a terrible pirate. <laughs> so why why did they why did they design like him in such a way as to not uh, not do any of the traditional piratey things? Do you have like a good sort of uh, thought on that, for, or do we want to save that for a later thought process? Um, at least as far as my opinion on the matter is, Luffy is an adventuring pirate. Mm-hmm. He is about the journey. Um, you know, there's lots of pirates, especially in this show. Um, you know, Buggy the Clown is about treasure and finding the One Piece because it's going to make him rich. Luffy is about finding the One Piece because, like, only one other person has done it. And, like, the it's it's the journey and having friends and, like, that's his 
amount of piracy. Um, you know, he his treasure is uh, you know the the hat that he wears and and his crew and his his ship. Um, you know, the others kind of compensate him for his less piratey behavior. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the one thing that they do really well about the, sh- the especially the East Blue Saga, the saga that explains and introduces the core fi- the like first five members of the team uh, of the Straw Hat crew that you find. Um, that is the one thing that they do really well is describing this idea of like, hey treasure isn't just this idea of like getting money or fame or fortune it's it is this thing that is so precious to you that you're willing to go out onto the high seas and risk everything to get it and so they do a really good job explaining that and and i think that's really important to denote as you think about luffy as a pirate like he had this really big interaction when he was a kid that explains why he has the powers that he does and what happened uh, with this other really famous pirate. He has this really good interaction that is, is very much just them saying like, oh, hey, treasure is about something so much more than this surface level stuff. And, and I think that's what explains Luffy being such a bad pirate. Um, I say that, but like, there's a lot of times where he does a really good job. He of being a pirate, just not as far as the "I'm going to take your ship and destroy it and steal all of your stuff and hurt you guys very, very bad." Uh, <laughs> he's he's he doesn't ever do that, and so I would say like a good comparison to that is he is more um, Muppets Treasure Island searching oh. for the treasure and less actual treasure island yeah. yeah the the pirates were just the friends we made along the way um that yes. is going to be how this ends i i state that now there the, it's nowhere close to being done but it is gonna be how it's gonna end and i want people <laughs> yeah, to understand that right now <laughs> one piece especially after you meet some more of the like reason why the people that are involved in the reason why they do these things uh why they're out on the high seas searching for adventure especially the more that you get to meet some of those people i am so convinced that they're just going to be like oh yeah the one piece is the friendships that you've made along the way like it's the journey that you took to get here and that is what it truly is and then they're going to have some giant fight about it and it's going to be great um but so next on our characters that are introduced in the first um, saga, um, a, the one piece is they have arcs and they have sagas. Arcs are overarching like individual storylines, and the saga is all those storylines put together. And the next one is the worst one for now. Um, Usopp. <laughs> um, Usopp is um, the story of the boy who cried wolf personified um he constantly runs through his village yelling that pirates are coming um because um and this is honestly kind of tragic and and kind of sweet his dad was a pirate that served on a famous is is a pirate that served on a crew um and his mom was dying and he wanted her to believe that his dad was coming back um and it's very sweet and then he just keeps doing it because he's just 
stuck, but he also does it because they live in this sleepy little town that nothing ever happens, and so Usopp is just that little bit of chaos that every little town needs. Um, but he is a, a petulant liar, coward, and an idiot. I have a running tally of how many times um, in the first 30 episodes I've said, God damn it, Usopp. Um, and right now I'm at six. <laughs> Good character design there, One Piece. Um, but he he gets he, better. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, later on, when we talk about other arcs, like Usopp will not become, he's not my favorite, or is my, not my least favorite character. Because there is opportunity for him to grow in a very meaningful and impactful way. Um, well, that's that's better than him be, not being your least favorite character because a worse character shows up. Exactly. So that's a good. That's a good. You know. Um, thing. Yeah. No, I actually love the the nine straw hat pirates. Um, like I I think they are all great characters. Um, even Usopp once he grows. <laughs> Um, but so Luffy and crew, like Luffy's like, Hey, I knew your dad. He talked about you all the time. And Usopp is like, Oh, that's so cool. Um, and so they save Usopp's girlfriend and, uh, beat up a bunch of other pirates. Um, and, uh, Usopp is like, all right, I'm old enough. I'm going to go out on the sea by myself. And the other crew members, they were given a ship as their, uh, reward. They were given their ship, the going Mary. Um, which is... Yeah, I don't know why you're talking about there only being five crew members. I realize we should have made uh, an adjustment to that number because it's you're right. And it is the greatest member of the crew, the Going yes. Mary. Um, and it is a for those who haven't seen it, it is a boat that has a, a ram's head on the front of it, and then like it's a long. I think it's a caravel, um, but it is. Um, it's where they live. It's where like a lot of fun interactions happen. And so it's just, it honestly is a character in and of itself because stuff happens in it and around it and, and whatnot. Um, but Usopp is recruited by Luffy because he's like, we're friends, right? Why don't you just come with us? Like, you're a pretty cool guy. Um, and Usopp. Luffy is a terrible judge of character. <laughs> yes, he is. And that's great. <laughs> um, it's so fun because Luffy is a bad judge of character most of the time. <laughs> but other times he is spot on with some people. Um, which leads us to the last character introduced in the first saga. And that's Sanji. And Sanji is a very cool character. Um, he, um, I love everything about him, mostly. Um, he's a chef, um, and was cooking on a ship with a former pirate captain who saved his life. But the two of them were marooned on an island, just the two of them, um, for, I think it was like a month. And, uh, that sounds the, right. the pirate gave him quote-unquote, half of the food so that they could survive for long periods of time. Well, what happened was the pirate gave him all of the food. And so the Sanji could survive and the pirate would, you know, starve. Um, oh. But the two of them, like, once they got off that island, they created this restaurant where they would just feed anybody. If they were starving, they would feed anybody. Um... But Luffy wants Sanji because, like, he's really cool and he's really talented. 
Um, but eventually, like, fighting more pirates and that kind of stuff, um, they, uh, Luffy wins Sanji over by reminding Sanji of, and like what Nathan was saying before, but with the, the, the dreams and, like, treasure not being the thing, like, the actual silver and gold, reminds Sanji that he wants to go find this place called the All Blue, which is this location in the world that has fish from every corner of the world in it. Um, you know, and it's such a cool concept of like, that is his chef's dream. Um, another cool thing about him is his fighting style is because he believes his hands are only meant for cooking. Um, he fights with his feet only. He never ever uses his hands, um, except for one fight. Um, and then that fight is a cooking battle. <laughs> That seems like cheating. Um, he uses chef's knives to uh, cut up a, a bad guy's uh, food. Oh, yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. It's such a It's a really fight. gross fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, so those five characters basically lead us through the first 60 episodes or so. Um, and I love all of them, even Usopp sometimes, because sometimes Usopp has his, his moment where he is... You know, he rallies himself, you know, away from his fear just to, to do something heroic or, or stupidly heroic. <laughs> um, but it's such a cool introduction to this character, like to the characters here. Mm -hmm. um, but the... If it's all right with you guys, um, did you have any other comments about the characters or do, are we ready to move on to the, the world? Um, no, I think moving on to the world is the next best yeah. step. There. Um, so I want to read um, the introduction, if I can find it. Um, it is... Um, well, while he searches for that, Nathan, uh, this first first crew, who's your favorite? Uh, it's always going to be Zoro. Okay. Um, that feels like a cop out every time I admit to that. <laughs> but honestly, the, the reality is Zoro is such a fun character. The way that they create um, the, the explanation of who he is, the storyline that they take and the way that they develop Zoro, mm -hmm. uh, is just always really fun because he, he's outlined as just like a dark brooding whatever and they peel back the layers and that's always fun but the reality is like he's the one of the best fighters on the straw hat team like if if they all went head to head it would be like luffy and zoro fighting it out at the very end yeah. and it's such a fun thing to think about especially there at the beginning like Luffy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing uh -huh. zoro barely knows what the fuck he's doing and unless they're racing like Zoro is probably going to win because they're just so determined. They're very fun characters to play, like, uh, to, to interact with yeah. like that. I don't know. What about you? You know, as far as the original crew is concerned, I feel like it, it sort of has to be Luffy for me. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like, or Luffy or Nami, I think, because Nami is real fun. Um, I, I think that they, they paint her a little bit uh, into the anime girl corner of like being sort of overbearing and, and like, you know, yelling a lot at the, the cast. 
But I think for the most part, um, she ends up being a really fun, uh, at least in the parts that I've been through, just like heart and soul for for the show. Um, I just thinking back to recently in the the sections I've been in, they they were in a big fight, but in it, uh, Luffy and Zoro were purposefully not fighting, and it was neat to see from her perspective, like wanting them to stand up for themselves and stuff and believing in them in that way. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it would either be Luffy or, or Nami, uh, for the, for the original, the original crew, at least, Mm -hmm. because we all know what the right answer is once we get out from the original, but we'll get there. That's 2020 chopper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it's chopper. Of course, it's Tony, Tony Chopper, or or Frankie. Um, he hasn't met Frankie yet. Um, I haven't met Frankie yet. But Frankie's very good. Um, I think for me, Luffy, 100%. Um, I just love how straightforward he is. Um, because, like, there's some, like, anime protagonists, like Ichigo and Bleach, who is like, yeah, I'm too cool for school, and, like, you know, but I really care about my family, and uh, I'm going to protect my friends. But, like, Luffy's like, hey... Uh, you have a dream? That's really cool. Like, what's your thing? Like, what do you really like? Um, he's just so happy-go-lucky that it's just, it's infectious. Um, you know, he's always inspiring people or being inspired by people's dreams. Um, and also the fact, like, he flat-out states when he doesn't like a person. Like, in the first episode, he tells Kobe, he's like, you're a wuss. You've been on this ship for two years as their slave and you haven't fought back. I hate people like you. And like, (laughs) it's just, it's so direct. Like other anime protagonists would be like, well, why haven't you left? You know, let's, you know, let's get you out of here. But Luffy's like, take care of your fucking self. Go do, do your thing. Fight for your dreams. (laughs) Like it's just, it's really cool. Um, and also, watching Luffy fight uh, is never not fun. <laughs> because of his, like, rubber abilities, like, he's always doing cool and interesting things. Yeah. Um, but I found the quote that I wanted to do for the, the introduction of the, the world. Um, okay. It's from the original, like, couple of episodes. Um, Wealth, fame, power. The world had all been won by one man, the Pirate King Gold Roger. At his death, these are the words he spoke to drove countless men out to sea. You want my treasure? It's yours if you can find it. I left everything I own in one piece. And that is like the introduction to like the intro song that we get. Um, you know, for the first like probably two or three hundred episodes is Gold Roger like that introduction. And that sets such a great table for us to like sit down and say there was this baller guy who inspired pirates from around the world to look for his treasure and like that is the impetus for the entire series is this thing happened and our hero luffy went and went after it mm-hmm. just trying his damnedest to get that treasure mm-hmm. um but the one piece world is overwhelmingly large <laughs> uh-huh. Um, like, uh, we do a D and D podcast, uh, every two or a D and D stream every Tuesday night at seven thirty. Hey, hey. Um, but nice thanks. Um, but at you know, I write the world, and looking at what Oda, the author, has done 
with this world over the last two decades or so is incredible <laughs> because he's strung together like different places and people and things and ideas that just make this world feel full and really lived in. You know, there are people who get newspapers around the world that are seeing stuff happen that our heroes do, but, like, there's also other stuff going on. Like, other pirates are in the world. It isn't just a static camera around the the straw hats. It's a a worldwide picture of everything that they do has a ripple effect that affects other people. And that's so cool. <laughs> okay, so... As far as like the the building of this world, then so we we've got we've got the impetus for for the adventuring, which is to find the the large treasure, the the which presumably like if you really boil it down, if he had everything, if he had all the power in the world, that like a lot of that would probably be not useful anymore. Like he probably didn't have all that in liquid assets, but. Maybe I'm getting too uh, too mathematical. Yeah, I was going to say our, process, our, but... our financial man is thinking too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of those assets would have been real intangible. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so we have we have that we have got like sort of the the the, the crux of the adventure. But um, as far as the world is concerned, for uh, what makes it a special anime place, do we want to go into that a little bit now? Uh yeah, like um, give us an example of what you're thinking. Well, I'm thinking like, what is the, the devil fruits? Yeah, right? the devil <laughs> fruits. I think is the next direction to head here. Okay. Um, the so Austin, what is a devil fruit from your we'll call so, it less experienced perspective? What is a devil fruit yes. to you? So it is a uh, it is a a piece of fruit uh, that is imbibed with a special ability of some kind with those abilities being wildly varied from each other. And the first one that we get introduced to would be Luffy's, which I believe in English is rubber, rubber gum, 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 gum. Uh, so he has the ability to, uh, to stretch his body as if it was made of, of rubber uh, and balanced off of objects The the drawback to the ability to use wild powers such as stretching your body or shooting fire is that you cannot be in water mm -hmm. the thing that the anime likes to forget every once in a while no these are very strict rules on it it's just sometimes they depict it in a way that doesn't always make the most <laughs> sense <laughs> Uh, but the other big thing is that, uh, as far as I know, and as far as these first few episodes are concerned, the Devil Fruits cannot be created. They just, as soon as a possessor dies, their power immediately seeks out the nearest fruit, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Uh, well, except for one time well, later. Okay, <laughs> it, tagged, it, it went somewhere. <laughs> Um, that's a very big, uh, a big exception. But then the, the, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the basic crux of them, right? I mean, and mm -hmm. that's, that's yep. the, the sort of the most, is that the most magically inclined or like animally inclined sort of thing? Besides getting to the dials, uh, which we'll get to later when we get to Skypea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a 
couple of other really cool things that they do. The the other really anime thing that they do is the fishmen that you yeah. learn about in that first uh, saga, the East Blue Saga, where they're because uh, this is the one thing I was going to say while AJ was introducing the characters is actually technically the introduction of the characters might be uh, Zoro, Nami, Usopp, Sanji, uh, but it is actually um, as far as the crew is concerned, it's Luffy. Zoro, Usopp, Sanji, and then Nami is final because she doesn't officially join the crew until the very end when you meet the fishmen, the the these people called fishmen, which are literally just men who are fish, <laughs> like fish who are personified as a humanoid. Which I I actually really love the fishmen storyline. I I hated it when I first watched because I was not happy with how they did that storyline for Arlong because I was in middle school and they were. <laughs> Merkin fools. Uh, and then, you know, I, I went back and rewatched it and could understand some more of the intricacies, intricacies that they did that I thought was really neat. But yeah, the, the Fishman is another really big one. And then there's some more stuff that you learn about later. You, Austin, will learn about later as you get past Skypea. Okay. Oh, actually, I don't think that's true. Okay. Uh, in Skypea, you learn about another crazy thing. But I don't remember what it's called. And I don't remember if it's the introduction to something uh, that they talk about Matara? later or just the personification of it. Yeah, Matara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the main enemies, like for Skypea, will use an ability that will be used by more people okay. way later on. Okay. That sort of introduces a bit more of a magical potential element. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more... It's not... Uh, it's not magical like Pokemon where it's this external thing that they, oh, maybe that's not a big one. It's not this external power that you're using that's given to you from something else. Like okay. the, the devil fruit is a fruit that you eat. Um, from what I understand with like Matra, and then you learn about this thing called hockey later uh, and the fishmen. Those are innate abilities that like, people have mm-hmm. people are given so it's closer to the uh, quirks for my hero academia mm, okay. than it is the devil fruit yeah, good call out there and it's something that is developed like um luffy starts to display certain abilities but he begins to like fully grow those abilities and what that's what makes him so much stronger later on time skip time skip time skip <laughs> <laughs> um we'll get there i just we keep talking about this, and I was just really stoked to get back to watching Mondays. <laughs> well, hey, there we go. Then we, we're, we've already successfully made this podcast interesting. Um, but, yeah, the other thing is the divide of, of how the world is organized. Because there are, uh, initially it is, there are pirates and there are marines. Like, that is just how it is. Um, but then as you get later on, you hear about, um, the, the three powers, um, and they are, um, the Marines, the seven warlords and the four emperors. And this is the three biggest groups. Um, the seven warlords are basically seven pirates that the world government chose to work with them because they are either the strongest or they are the coolest or they have the the highest influence around a particular area. Um, like, for example, uh, when you meet early on is uh, Hawkeye Mihawk 
he is the greatest swordsman in the world. And so the world government basically has him on retainer um, to call upon if they need him. Um, but he is... Um, he will has free reign to be a pirate without any repercussions, like he has no bounty or anything. Um, but on the other side of that are the emperors, and they are the... Um, they are four of the biggest pirate crews with the most powerful people. Um, and they all have enormous bounties. Um, and so, like, it's interesting, like, to see, like, the balance of power and how, like, this all figures out. And a lot of time in One Piece, people's, like, sort of uh, renown or uh, the way that they're, they're perceived is all based on their bounty, right? Exactly. I mean, for the most part, that's sort of like in a, in another anime, maybe like their power level, yes. or something along those lines, yeah. would be conceived of as their bounty. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a fairly close way. Not all bounties are like um, approximate, like to how strong they are, but the, it is a good indicator of they are a strong person. Yeah, because. Certainly, there's no reason why Luffy has a large bounty. He never does anything to get it. Well, but that's not true. at the beginning of the fur or at the end of the the first um, saga, he punches the marine that stole oh. Nami's money, and so that marine gives Luffy his first bounty. Um. And, like, he assaulted a Navy officer. He also yeah. beat up Arlong. He also beat up Don Krieg. Like, it is he. Um, it is a, a snowball effect of, Luffy does pirate stuff, <laughs> but he mostly just beats up other pirates. Right. Which, uh, the other way to get a, bit good bit, a large bounty, there we go, in the One Piece world is to basically kind of win it for beating another pirate, right? Mm-hmm. Because it shows the yeah. world government and the Navy that they are a greater threat. That does seem... Now, here's a question that maybe comes up eventually in the show, but I, I have not ever encountered. If you turn in somebody for their bounty, does your bounty still raise because you beat them? Uh, no. There is one... Typically, they don't, like... Like, people who are bounty hunters don't have bounties. Um, that's a fun part of Roanoa Zoro's, Zoro's whole storyline, is he starts off as a bounty hunter, which is why Kobe, the, the character that the story introduces at the very beginning of it, um, that's one of the reasons why he does not want Luffy to meet Zoro. It's because Zoro is a pirate hunter, and he turns in bounties of pirates which they explain later is literally just because he doesn't know how to survive and it was just the thing he could do to make a lot of money and take care of himself and again um, he has no sense of direction because he's got no clue what he's doing uh <laughs> and and so when they when they break into that world the bounty hunters are usually honestly and this is the thing that i really like about the show and the world that they build is these people who are like bounty hunters or um uh, the Marines are usually worse to the pirates because of the idea of, of perspective that they try to show. Mm -hmm. um, the bounty hunters are, are almost always worse than 
pirates are. Uh, and they don't ever have bounties because what they're doing is working for the government to turn in these people and make money from the government. So I, I don't know about as far as turning in someone to make your bounty higher. I don't think that's really something that they address, but that is not like how the concept works. Uh, well, maybe, in this sometime world. we can get into some, uh, we can get into some theorizing about, uh, about the economy of the world. I'd be, I'd be real interested in hearing your opinion on, <laughs> if if that would be how that would work because i have some of my own personal theories but well we can get to that let's we probably want to finish up talking about the the world yeah um one little thing there is one instance of a pirate turning in another pirate for a bounty um but instead of raising his bounty he was offered a seat at the uh as one of the seven warlords oh okay um, so, and since the warlords all have a zero bounty, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah, it's like, if you're willing to turn someone in, you have negative bounty because you're agreeing to work for the government. Right. Uh, is, is basically how I've understood it. But, um, yes, the, the world is just so cool because it's, it's just a bunch of islands, like, just separated by the sea. Um, and the sea is set up into uh, three layers. There are the the directional seas, like the north, south, east, west, etc. Um, and then there's the Grand Line. And then there is, Austin, you'll find out about this way later, but it's called the New World. Okay. Um, and it's kind of the innermost sea, where purportedly the One Piece is, but that's also like where all the big name pirates are. Um, okay. And so it's constantly at war. Um, now, real quickly, the the sea. So, so a bunch of islands in the sea. So, what what is the Grand Line exactly? Um, it's basically just like a section of ocean. Okay. Um, there, I haven't ever been able to find like an actual like map of the world. Um, I don't think uh, there has or ever has been like a real one. Um, mm-hmm. but um, the the world, or at least uh, from where Luffy and friends come from, it's split by a, a, a piece of land called the Red Line, um, and then that cuts off into uh, the New World. Um, okay. And so people have to go basically under the big uh, Red Line in order to get to the next section of ocean. And what's is there anything special on the red line, or yes. just that it, it um, is the cross point? It, it's the cross point, but it's also um, where the the world government nobles are, uh, okay. where the basically the people that rule the world as a whole live. Mm-hmm. And so, so the world is built. Um... This is one thing that I sort of forget a lot of times. The world is built. It, it's only like one nation essentially right because it's Mm. so fractured and everything um ostensibly yes um the world government is 178 individual nations all pulled together um but there are like separate places like there are people that are not affiliated with the world government um, but generally speaking, it is just a single group of people that leads, and then that's spread out across the world. And so that's at the red line is where most where most people that don't want to be pirates are. 
basically. Um, that's where that is where the noblest of the nobles live. What okay. are called the celestial dragons. Um, okay. they are basically um the pompiest of pom- the pompest of the pomp. Um, okay. they are the worst people imaginable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So that so then the the oceans there. They make up most of the world, though, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah the the world is majority water, <laughs> um, and even even more so than our majority water planet, I suppose. Yes. Um, but the, basically, the Grand Line is just kind of like a strait, like of ocean. Okay. okay. So it is. It is okay. So it's just sort of sort of a, a more human knowledge. Okay. So. As far as like the world is concerned, what are your guys's what are your guys' thoughts on on its setup? I think I think it's nearly perfect. Like mm-hmm. it's a it, it talks about a lot of like generic world building things like this is how the government works, this is how money works, like this is how that kind of stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um but it also is interesting. Like there is I'm rarely ever bored when they mm-hmm. go to different places. Um you know like uh, even Alabasta, which is just a desert scenario, it still has some interesting like sights and sounds and whatnot. Right. Um, and interesting characters there. Um, so I think personally, the the world of One Piece is one of my favorites, like in in fictional media. Yeah, I I've used this explanation for a couple of different people, and I think I used it when we were streaming one time. Uh, the thing that I love about One Piece is it's one of the last, um, it's one of the last big animes that did this uh, that that uses concept of filler arcs, and the filler arcs are usually there to flesh out the story. There's a couple of filler chunk episodes like when they go to uh the the neo tokyo or whatever um and they do the fun little side stories that literally have they are not in the world of one piece they are just the characters of one piece basically doing skits um and outside of those things they one piece is still one of these animes that uses the concept of filler story arcs to flesh out the world they do two or three episodes where they talk about this rainbow can this rainbow rainbow gym that they make and they do two or three episodes with um apis uh who just talks to dragons and you learn about these things called millennial dragons and they flesh out more of like how much the marines suck <laughs> and they talk about that at the very end of this this east blue story a story arc and I think it does such a good job of telling the story of these characters. Uh, and it does that through creating a lot of episodes that sometimes feel kind of chunky, but you get to the end of it and you realize that, oh, it's actually a further explanation of the storyline. It's it's actually doing something useful. I remember watching, well, I, you know, I, I said this at the beginning, I, I watched Bleach before I watched One Piece. And I remember watching three or four episodes of Bleach that I got to the end of it and it felt like there was no reason to doing it. Or I guess a better example of it is uh, that whole season of Lost during the writer's strike where they got to the end of it and they were like, oh, this is just a really bad possible 
future timeline that actually has nothing to do with the rest of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and outside of a couple of episodes where they really do a good job explaining, like, you don't need to be here for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think One Piece does a really good job of ensuring that that they explain the reasoning as to why those episodes are there. Um, and, and so I, I will, I will always say that I think one piece has the best world fleshed out for an anime that I've ever been able to be, to watch. It's, it makes it hard to watch sometimes when you're looking at it at the very beginning and you're like, Oh, there's a thousand episodes here. Mm -hmm. I'm (laughs) going to be dedicating the next years of my life watching this. This this show and yeah, the, like like we said at the beginning, if you can muster past some of those things or or find the beauty in some of those things, depending on how you want to see it, uh, it, it can make for a really good experience and a great world that you get to see. Um, I think the best way to explain it is you it, it feels lived in, and I think AJ said that at one point, like it, it's not something that feels like they had to push to make. Uh, they they just naturally let the story build on itself from episode one of this guy popping out of a barrel in someone else's life, um, which yeah. I, oh, no, 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 I, I was just going to say at some point we need to talk about the theory of uh, of Kobe, which I I have, but we'll, we can talk about that later. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, I think I, I, I'm definitely of the mindset where that thousand plus episodes is, is a lot but just sort of looking at the world itself i think my only i think my only big complaint um is just that i i think it's a bit confusing in the way that they describe the seas i i feel like there could have been uh a better way of of thinking about how the seas and the islands work because they make it they so imply that especially with the ability like we didn't really talk about it but the inability to navigate on certain seas just because of the magic of them or whatever it is uh maybe you can explain that a little better than i can but uh it it makes for a weird situation whenever they go to an island and it's like well how do these people live if they can't navigate to the next island or whatever um so i don't know i think that there's a bit of that that i get kind of hung up on when watching but for the most part i think the world is uh is really interesting and like you guys were saying i, I do love the um i i i love the, the the setup of everything that's here and i like that we have just that one government so we're not fighting with like well why are these marines always the same why are they why are the, why how are they all talking to each other so easily and everything it's just, okay it's just one army mm-hmm. cool that's easy enough to follow like i don't need more than that kind of thing yeah um th- i think the thing with the the c format is there's honestly not a lot of people going from island to island unless mm-hmm. you are a sailor or you are a pirate and so um you know there's a lot of self-contained islands like each island has their own economy their own um buildings uh farming etc you know there's not trade really going on between a lot of the places um yeah. which is why alabasta is so good it Terrible. explains oh. all of these things you had questions <laughs> about and you didn't watch it um <laughs> but uh, the 
I think one of the other things is the the uh, the grand line is dangerous, but a lot of it is because of the islands themselves. Um, because there are islands that have literal lightning rain. <laughs> um, like there are, it, it is just crazy scenarios. Um, like or another... Little Garden with actual dinosaurs. Yeah. And <laughs> a, a virus that can kill you in seven days. Yes. Um, ironically enough, I've never watched the Little Garden arc. Um, Have you really? Because four kids skipped it. Oh. The four kids dub of One Piece skipped Little Garden because it was too violent <laughs> for them to properly edit it. Trying to think, we've never, to... never watched the sub. Then we we should have said this up top. We're all uh um we're all stubbed um like losers here. So we're that's not... not true. Uh, I really like the dub. I think all the dub actors are very good. Um, but yeah, like the the original, like when I watched it originally, uh, it skipped straight from um. Picking up Vivi to um, Chopper's Island. How did they explain so many things in that? I have so many questions for kids. What were you doing? Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get there when we get to that. Yeah, yeah, we um, we could do a a this is what four kids did differently for the first hundred or so episodes because that's about all they covered. That's so weird, but. Well, is there anything else that we're kind of wanting to hit on this episode? We're coming near, we just passed the hour mark, although with a little bit of intro and everything, but is there anything else we particularly want to get get hit here? Um, the one thing I, I did notice, and, and I'm curious about what you guys are thinking, um, for um, character-wise, um, in the introduction, uh, like from we'll we'll say the first arc, uh, arc. Who is your favorite villain? Oh, jeez, Buggy the Clown. Uh, that just requires that me first... to remember. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were no. more important, but the answer is always going to be Buggy the Clown. <laughs> um, just from the East Blue storyline, I really like. Uh, we I think we brushed up against it. I really liked the bad guy that Arlong was. I loved the story that they created with Arlong. Arlong is the fish man who uh, who captures Nami's island and um, is her forcing her to be a pirate and stealing all this gold so that she can save her island from Arlong, who has literally captured and enslaved this whole island and is putting these this tariffs and these taxes on all of these people and so Nami is working for the pirates to save up money to give them that and buy her island back and in the course of the storyline they create this really big bad guy who's basically just trying to be a mob boss uh, and they take him as this oh I always keep my word I'm a big bad guy and then he cheats Nami um and he steals all of her money by using this connection that he's made with the Marines in the area to steal the money that Nami has earned, well, through stealing from pirates, uh, and stored up to save her village. 
she she's gotten so close and he takes it away and they do such a good job just from that angle explaining why Arlong is a bad guy and then they explain that like Arlong killed Nami's mom uh and and just creates this awful life for Nami and they do such a good job painting Arlong into a perfect bad guy and I spent all this time talking about it because I want you guys to understand how much I love Buggy the Clown because this is the perfect bad guy. Arlong is the definition of perfect bad guy. You look at him, you hate everything that he is. And then you have Buggy the Clown, who's just this dipshit who wanders in that Nami steals treasure from. And he's sitting there making a big deal about how flashily he needs to do things. And he's dressed like a clown and he's dumb, but he's got this devil fruit power that they go through and use and abuse. And it's just so perfect. Everything that they do with this character is just so perfect because Buggy is just so dumb, but he keeps coming back. You have all of these guys that are perfect bad guys throughout the entirety of the series. And the first dipshit that they ran into at the beginning of the series continuously comes back and is entered into the storyline and they flesh out his character and he it's he really is just my favorite character that they introduced just from his gimmicks and his goofs and his dumb stuff to his actual character development he is just such a phenomenal character hmm. that's pretty cool <laughs> uh man oh man i don't remember any of the villains from the first arc so i'm gonna be honest with you it's been so and, long yeah and that's totally fine like i was just thinking about it like because i also i love buggy like i think buggy's great and i think buggy but buggy is more of just an obnoxious annoyance um <laughs> but my favorite villain is smoker the marine captain at the end of the uh at the end of this saga um because he's the first good marine that we meet like the first good named marine that isn't kobe um like he is you know uh th- the first scene of him is a little girl accidentally runs into him and loses ice cream like on his pants and he gives her money so she could go buy more um like and it's just really cool to see like a marine not be a total d-bag And then, like, when Luffy becomes involved, like, this is, like, at the very beginning of Luffy's infamy, he's got his 30 million berry bounty, and then, like, Smoker catches him and, like, is gonna just take him to prison, Um, and then somebody saves Luffy, like, and, like, Smoker is a constant and continuous threat, like, how Buggy, like, keeps coming back, Smoker is constantly chasing after Luffy, um, throughout the entire series. Um, and I think that's just really cool, like, uh, because he's a villain to our hero, but, like, he's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because I, the audience know that he has good reason for his, his what he's doing. Yeah, he, he, the reason is it's his justice. He, he wants yeah. to see the criminal straw hat Luffy brought to justice. <laughs> Um, but, like, even still, like, during the Alabasta arc, we'll get into that next time, but, like, uh, Smoker and Luffy work together, because Smoker's like, no, there's a bigger threat going on. Um, and I think that's just really, really cool. Yeah. For sure, I think, actually, uh, thinking back, after you guys have both said your 
said that, like, I think he's the only one I really truly remember from this time. I, I remember uh, uh, the clown only because he I recently passed him again um, in, in the sections that I've been watching, uh, which was very funny. Um, and he, was, he's, he's, he was a treat. Oh, as Nathan was saying, he is, he is, he is a constant treat yeah. when he shows up. But um, yeah, I, I thinking back, I do remember the introduction of Smoker and his he, his aesthetic and everything is just really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, with the big beefy way that he looks. Yeah, he the the first scene with Smoker is so funny because of that. But then he immediately goes on to just like be so confident about everything that he runs into Luffy two or three times after that interaction with the little girl. And uh-huh. it's just like, oh, he's just a kid lost. I'll help him out. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. then lo and behold, he tries to kill him for the next ever of the series. And it's it's yeah. very fun. Now, uh, now I don't, we don't have to, to say any again, no, th- we, we can do theories later and don't give spoilers necessarily, but if he's still around, which I don't, I don't know if he is, but I'm assuming he is. He is. On the way you guys are talking, do we think that he's going to end up being there at the end when they find the One Piece finally? I hope, I hope so. so. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that that would be great. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I I hope either or either or I hope he and or Kobe are there at the end. Mm. Um, because that would be a very, very fitting way of of ending it. Yeah, because that one piece again, just not going into any like theories or anything. That one piece is going to be something completely lackluster in the end, right? Like it's it's going to be it's going to be good as an audience, but it's going to be terrible as a treasure. It's uh, it's well, I you know, and I'm sorry to ruin this for everybody. This is a spoiler. If you don't want to know any. Mora, you know, you should turn off now because I'm going to tell you right now what the one piece is. It's the kingdom of the crystal skull. <laughs> it's an alien spaceship and anyone who wants to argue with me we can fight. We'll fight right now. Oh, man. Um, People would be so mad. Yeah. Um, the um, I won't. Tr- I'll try not to talk about manga spoilers because I'm current on the manga. Um, uh-huh. But um, probably a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, they did a flashback with Roger. And when Roger and his crew found the one piece, they said that he laughed. Hmm. Oh, good. Oh no, you're right. (laughs) That's all that they said, but that is, they said he laughed and I want to know what he was laughing about. Hey, you know what else they might do? They might just never tell us what the one piece is. Oh, good old fashioned. They might do good old-fashioned cutaway <laughs> there that's the c that's the series everybody have a good night type thing oh uh, yeah the rest of it is just the continuation of the story the okay. same the the same cyclical nature of it all um <laughs> it's just like an old black and white horror movie where they couldn't figure out how to do the prosthetics <laughs> to paint the monster right so they just had this light chasing people and never showed it. Man, that would be good. That'd be real 
good. But uh, I think we're getting a little off topic here now. <laughs> um. Nah, we're fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm i super excited to go into more details uh, later on um, mm-hmm. as we, we talk about further arcs. Um, and I hope that people really like listening to us. Um, and uh, this will be, what do we think, a monthly podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll every sort of see how- other day day every other day <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to hear us every other day uh come to twitch.tv forward slash lost kingsman um we play games on uh monday tuesday and friday um our monday game at least for this month is me playing through hollow knight and screaming at my tv um tuesdays we play D, and then on friday we do a mixed bag of either um drinking games or uh stardew valley so uh, I think we played board games on Tabletop Sim uh, this last week, which was very fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, feel free, uh, if you if you stumbled across this, uh, you know, feel free to come back when we, we post again. Please give us a follow. We'll try to do a good... Um, we'll probably be mostly using our Lost Kingsman Twitter uh, for this as well, uh, at least for a little while. Uh, so you can follow us there to see what we're, what we're up to, what we're doing, um, and for new episodes of this pod. Uh, otherwise, if you could drop us, you know, a review, that'd be great. Let us know what you thought of it, what you'd like for the future episodes, and, and we'll try to implement that. If you want us to end every episode with a fight between characters, let us know. How would you do an audio fight between characters? How do you do a D&D audio fight? We listen to many podcasts that do it. He does have a point. Um, dibs on Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be One Piece characters. <laughs> I will be Dr. Manhattan of Watchmen fame. Oh, well, Cheater. Yeah. Hey, God. <laughs> um but uh well hey this has been a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to doing more of this and uh we hope that uh everybody has a really good day yeah bye everyone bye